in life. This is just one example. Um, yeah, thank you. That's great, Chrissy. That's fantastic. She says, this is just one example of how belonging to this amazing connect group has transformed my life and especially my personal walk with God. Um, and she goes on to say how she loves everyone heaps and all that sort of stuff as well. So uh, thanks so much, Chrissy, for sharing that. But our connect groups are, are really doing such a fantastic job. But I want to uh, point out something straight up this month. It's not connect group month, it's connect month. Okay, And connect groups are central to this topic of connect, but it's not the only thing we're talking about. We're talking uh, not just about a structure, we're talking about a heart of a church. Uh, Phil Pringle writes, we look for better methods, God looks for better people. What we do is either powerful or not because we are either powerful or not. It's not the method that contains the power, it's the people. Connect groups as a system doesn't contain any power in itself, but a system of connect groups that actually has people who are powerful with a heart of love, with a heart of connect, I tell you what, that sort of stuff will transform a church. Uh, this is not about a method called connect groups, it's about the heart of a church, it's a vision for our church, it's about becoming a community and staying that way. And that's not an easy thing to do, can I tell you that? It doesn't just happen like that, it takes hard work. Uh, I'm the chaplain at a place called Wyong Christian Community School. Now, there's a few other teachers here at the moment from there. Uh, and the community, word, that word, it's often uh, inconvenient, but it's the key to what we do as a school. It's uh, valued. We, we don't say I'm from Wyong Christian School. I always say I'm from Wyong Christian Community School. And uh, it's always had a really strong community feel tight feel Uh, and then all of a sudden as we started to grow and we started to get bigger and bigger it started we started we stopped and going hold on this is not that easy to keep this community anymore it was all right when we were uh, 100 students 200 students now we're 500 this is actually trying to this is a bit of a challenge to try and keep this feel amongst us and we've been discussing how do we keep it how do we grow it what are we going to do to keep this community the center part of our life even uh, the founder of, uh, one of the founders of Christian Community Schools in Australia uh, spoke to us at a staff retreat the other day and I asked him, I said, hey, what do you do as you grow to keep this community feel? What can we do? I thought, if anyone would have an answer, this guy would. This guy started the whole thing. He'll be able to tell us how to do it. It'll just be an answer. We'll do it and it's all good. And he said, it's a good question. And I said, ah, oh. when people say it's a good question, I always know they don't know the answer. And he says... Um, it's a good question and I'm not sure I have the answer Uh, but he did say I know it starts here and it takes hard work and that's all that he could say and I think that is pretty much the key and I think uh, you know community doesn't come natural to us uh, in this sort of uh, culture that we live in it's not natural you know we spoke we've been speaking over the past few weeks how individualism sort of takes priority over community in a lot of areas but I do believe that uh, it is, as we look in Acts chapter 2, it's a very design, it's a very heart that God has of the church. I don't think as we, as we look at the scriptures, it's um, descriptive of just what it used to be back then. I believe that that's what it is and should be now as we gather together in the name of Jesus. So that's great. Let's pray as I start. God, we thank you so much that uh, we can come here. God, we're connecting, God, with you, but we're connecting with each other, God. You have designed the church, Father God, for relationship. And God, we open our hearts this morning and for the rest of this month to what you're saying, to what you're doing, Father God, through this church, through our lives, in this area for your glory. God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Or you can, the scripture, if you don't have your Bibles, the scripture should be up on the screen. I just want to go through a bit of scripture uh, with you today. 
and I will be done by 11 o'clock, which is fantastic. Um, I've got to speak it into being, or else I could be here for a little while. Uh, but it's all good. We will. We'll be done. Okay, Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 42, it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, say together, and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together, say together. Uh, in the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together. You got it. You're catching on. With glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love it that they were together. These people were together a lot by the looks of things. I love it that they were together in the first place. The chapter before, uh, the few verses before, uh, Peter preached up a storm. 3,000 got saved. It was all good. And then as we can see, they devoted themselves to um, hanging out, to uh, uh, the prayer, breaking of bread, fellowship, the apostles' teaching. It was wonderful. I also love it that they were together in the temple courts. You know, Sunday, church is our big celebration. It's the main part of our week. It's where we come together as one community with faith, celebrating that which God is doing amongst us. It's fantastic. But what I love even more is that they were together in their homes and they ate together in their homes. You know, a true community is not just about Sunday. Sunday is made effective. Sunday is given value by a community throughout the week that do life together, not just Sundays together. And that is what we're about this month. And I pray that we may get a heart that is unsatisfied with Sundays, okay, in the sense of... Sundays are fantastic. I've established that. It's wonderful. But that alone is not enough. Without the rest of it, people get disheartened. People go, okay, we're here again on Sunday. Here we go again. What's, yeah, what do we got this time? Same again. Here we go. But no, with a heart of community, the Sunday adds so much more focus and purpose behind what God is doing in the community. And you might say, I don't want to be a part. I don't want to be around people that much. That's not comfortable to me. And I can completely understand how you feel about that because it's quite funny that God has me here speaking uh, to you today about this because uh, you know a little while ago let's say let's make it long enough that it doesn't feel too recent let's say four or five years ago uh, I uh, would be one who would contribute greatly to church uh, lack of growth okay now I love to see churches grow it stirs me up I love going to conferences to see the 2020 vision uh, uh, building around the world uh, in C3 it's fantastic but I'll tell you what I was not always like that I would come to church and I'd be like okay I'm all good I can just sit here as long as no one talks to me as long as I don't have to talk to anyone that's all good I'm good with that don't get me to talk to someone that's new don't get me to talk to someone that isn't someone that I want to talk to, okay? Definitely don't ask me to hang out with anyone after church and definitely, definitely, definitely don't get me to hang out with anyone during the week, okay? That's sort of what my attitude about church was. And uh, one person wrote on the net, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with this private eagerness for spiritual nurture. So just you and God, that's fantastic. But as soon as personal edification becomes the primary focus for attending church, Individualism begins to infect the health of the congregation and the possibility of a grander sense of true community. So good to come here and get fed, to worship, to hear the word, to be inspired. But if that's the extent of it, then 
doesn't quite cut it. There's more to it. There's more to what we're doing here than just that church, true church doesn't exist without genuine relationship with other people. Uh, church is about people. We're not individuals that come in like I used to and say, this is how much I want to allow other people into my world. This is how much I want to have to do with other people. We are actually here together and then we flow out of that. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 uh, says, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. When you were baptized, you were baptized into the body of Christ. Right here is different parts of the body that are all needed to see God do what he's going to do here. I tell you, you're in the body, whether you like it or not. You may not want to talk to the other parts, but you're going to have to get along with them at some stage. And for it to be effective, we have to get along with them in 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 an effective way as well. Um, We are there, and it's out of that. It's not individuals come with their purpose and then somehow form a group. We come in the group, and then out of that, our individual calling... Uh, our gifts, our talents, our future, they all flow out of being in this corporate setting, which is great. Uh, Church is much more about other people than it is about you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not all about you, because it's not. This is much more... Oh, Ben, you had an easy job there. You just turned to the person next to you and said, "Uh, it's not all about you, sitting by yourself. What's going on? Uh, Oh, by the way, how good is it to see Luke uh, and Ben playing on the worship team? This is the first, you you experienced history today. This is the first day that James and I have both been, James actually got a bit emotional about it. He sent me a text yesterday. Uh, We won't tell people. He got emotional. He said, this is going to be the first time we are both in church and neither of us have been sitting on the drum kit. And it's a good day. It's a very, very good day. Uh, slightly emotional, but Luke, thank you. Welcome. We love you. And uh, if anyone's going to come and interfere with our little duo on the kid, it's going to be you. You're fantastic. And welcome to Andy. And I forgot your name, sorry. Kara, who is Tasha's brother and brother's girl. So we can give them a big hand. Andy is an absolute champion. We had our dinner the other night. And not just together, it could be a bit weird, but like a few of us, um, it was great. But hey, it's Connect Month, so anything goes. Um, church is more about people than it is about you. It's not all about you. Hebrews uh, chapter 10, 24 says something along the lines of, uh, do you have it up there? Because I didn't, don't have my Bible open. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That term, one another, it's rarely you, be inspired towards this, you, you, you. It's inspire one another. That phrase, one another, is so common throughout Scripture. It's more common than just individual. It's not about individuals. It's about individuals in the context of other individuals. Um, and, you know, one of the... I've talked to a lot of people about small groups. This is aimed at no one in particular in our church who are, has not going to a connect group. But I speak to a lot of people about connect groups in different churches. And most answers as to why someone uh, is not in a connect group involves one word in there that's common, and that is I. Okay, it's I this, I that. But I can't do this. I can't do that. And, uh, but what if... This sort of thing, as I've said, is not so much about I as it is about others, what about the amazing visitors that we have with us today, getting them connected into the church, feeling welcome, Fear getting the, the people who are out there, the lonely, lonely people that are sitting out there at home by themselves right now, of which I know some and who are crying out for fellowship. 
If Facebook were a country, it would be the third largest country in the world. Right now, Facebook, I think I saw at our Fitness First on news when I was working out with Keith or when I was watching Keith work out and I was having a drink of water or something. He's the reason I'm getting so massive in case anyone was noticing. Uh, I'm sure you were. So it's Keith. Uh, I don't know if that's good for you, Keith, for your business or not. I think I just ruined it for you. But it's 500 million people users on Facebook now. Half a billion. That's the world's third largest country, if you put it together. MySpace, I think, comes in as the world's fifth largest country, if you put them together. People are lonely. People need to be connected. If the church can't do it, Facebook will, uh, and something, someone else will, but actually for some people, no one else will, because there's you know, not superficial friendships where you can write on someone's wall and, or maybe send them a little instant message and think that's fantastic. No, genuine relationships that people can feel connected to the church. What if this isn't about you, it's about other people this morning? Uh, the way forward for the church is a way of love for people. Uh, and that's what I want to get across today. It's about connection that takes that wonderful S word, sacrifice. And I want to talk to you about sacrifice today. Uh, for us uh, to be connected with Father God, it costs Jesus nothing less than everything. He sacrificed everything so we can be connected to God. John 15 verse 12 to 14 says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends if you do what I command. And so here we are where I think we're faced with a similar thing, a similar uh, idea of sacrifice as we come together in a month of Connect to try and get not just 10 groups, Connect groups up and running, not just even official groups up and running, but this heart throughout a church of people actually connecting in a real way with each other. I think the idea of sacrifice, it will, it will cost us things. It doesn't come easily, I've said that. And it does take us laying down some things of ourselves to make it happen. It's inevitable. We have to cultivate it. It's not just going to grow automatically. We have to actually tweak things to see this happen. I tell you what, I can, I am pumped. I cannot wait to see this church having 500 members. Why? About numbers? Not at all, because we have a greater day of influence ahead of us, and we are aiming for 500, and 500 and beyond, it's not about a number in particular, but a greater day to what we're experiencing now is not going to happen unless, or it's not going to happen effectively anyway, unless we have a heart that is actually about life together, not just coming once a week for a couple of hours getting some warm fuzzies, and then leaving again. So I want to share with you uh, quickly today three aspects uh, of this sacrifice that I think we're going to have to give up or maybe lay down to see this actually work and to see this culture be increased. It's a core value of ours, Connect. They're our core values on the, on the wall, and Connect is one of them. I think it's one of the most important things that we face as a church right now is building this culture of community and Connect. And the first thing that I think uh, that you will need to uh, sacrifice, it'll take a sacrifice of action, okay? 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18 says this. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love... Here it is, with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Now, maybe 
uh, material possessions, possessions, possessions aren't the main thing we need to provide for our brothers and sisters in our society. Maybe it's more a heart of feeling accepted. Uh, maybe it's doing something that will actually make people feel like they can come to a place and feel welcomed. You know, the Apostle John who wrote this, uh, went for, who wrote that scripture to, to love in deed and in truth, he was known uh, when he walked with Jesus, he was one of Jesus' inner three, he was known as a son of thunder. And he, came, he went from being a son of thunder who wanted to call down fire upon people. You know, once he said, call down fire, let us call down fire on them, Lord, and destroy them. And Jesus was like, hold on, man, hold on, let's just settle it down. Uh, and, and wanting to see judgment on people and wanted to see people just, you know, come on, it's uh, the hardball, to being known as the apostle of love. Okay, and that came about, he did life with Jesus. Jesus didn't just say, hey, look, I'm preaching at this synagogue, uh, you know, 6 p.m. Sunday night, if you want to come along, why don't you come, hear me preach, I'll say hi, and then we can go. He said, come and follow me. Jesus says, come and follow me, let's do life together. Let's do more than just hearing me preach, let's, though that is a very important part of it. Let's do more than just, you know, lip service. Um, let's actually do life together. Rob Bell in uh, Velvet Elvis talks about this concept of following uh, people. And he says uh, that, uh, he writes, um, he said, A friend of mine was in Israel a few years ago and saw a rabbi, so picture Jesus, go into a bathroom and his disciple followed him. They didn't want to miss anything the rabbi might say or do. Okay, so I'm not saying you need to start following people into the toilets or anything like that. That could be a little bit strange. No, in fact, that is just absolutely strange. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that it's about life. It's about doing life together. It's not just about one-offs. It's about um, you know changing people's lives and making disciples by doing life together. And so the Apostle John walked around with Jesus. He was part of his inner three. Jesus entrusted his mother to John uh, as Jesus was hanging upon the cross. And tradition has it that when John was 90 years of age, uh, he would get carried into the, his, into the church in the arms of his disciples, which is, I thought, interesting that he was a disciple and now he has disciples and he's continued that lifestyle of being having people around his life. Uh, and he'd be carried into the church in the arms of his disciples. And at these meetings, uh, meetings, he was accustomed to say no more than little children love one another. Okay, it's all he would say, just that little children love one another. He's 90 years old, he's walked with Jesus, he's seen everything. And then after a time, the disciples wearied at uh, hearing, uh, always hearing the same words, and they asked, Master, why do you always say this? These guys go, man, you walk with Jesus. You're one of his inner three. Give us some meat here. Give us something, you know, different. We know this whole love each other thing. That's all good. And he replied, it is the Lord's command, and if this be alone be done, it is enough. So this guy that is writing, love is enough, is the same guy that writes, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. He's talking about a real love. He's talking about a love that is not just lip service. He's talking about um, a love that is not just saying we say hi to many people on a Sunday morning and we do love really well. We're such a loving church. You know, someone walked in, I said hi to them. Uh, You know, it cost me the sacrifice of all of 30 seconds. We do this so well, this love thing, it's fantastic. I don't think that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about substance. We're talking relationships of substance that is a community thing, not just a Sunday thing. So it will cost you action. We can't just sit here and do nothing. We can't just pray it in. It's not something that's prayed in God, send a 
hard of connect to the church. No, it actually takes people to act on it. You can't come down the front. We can't do an altar call and say, hey, I want a connection in my life in church. And I'll go, yeah, there we go. Let's pray for connection. It doesn't do that. It takes action and hard work. And that uh, then leads to the second point. Wherever there's action, there is time. Time is the second sacrifice that I think it's going to take if we are going to see a heart of connect in our church. One of the biggest uh, things people say these days is, I'm busy. I think if I said, who here is busy? Put your hand up. I don't think I even need to. I was just talking to Dave about that um, before. Where, you know, If I say to someone, hi, how are you? Or how are you going? It's like it either ranges from, yeah, really good. Hey, uh, busy, but really good. To, uh, oh, I'm so, it's, it's all, I can't keep my head above water. So much going on. I can't handle it. Just too busy. This is happening. This is happening. I'm going under. Okay, but it always, nearly every answer involves, I'm busy, I've got stuff on, I'm here, I'm there, I'm committed there, I've got this, I've got that. And so I don't think it's any, ever going to be anything we get more of. You're not going to get more time. Uh, it's, you can't try and make uh, more time come to you. But what you can do is you can prioritize the life, uh, the time that you do have. One of the best examples I think I see of this is in uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38, uh, to 42 let's just go to verse uh, 41 and it's a story of Jesus in the home of Mary and Martha and uh, Jesus is there and uh, Martha's running around and trying to get everything done and she's worried about this and that and Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha says Jesus come on tell this woman to do something I'm doing everything to tell her to help out I can't do everything while she just sits there at your feet and then Jesus says uh, in verse 41 to 42 I think we've got that up there Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about the many things, say many things, but only one thing, say one thing, is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. You know, this is talking about uh, a relationship with Jesus, hearing from him, being with him, and that is the absolute number one thing that we can do. There are many things many things it says here that Martha's concerned about. There's many things in your life that are going, but I've got to do this, but I've got to do that. But there's one thing Jesus here says that, hey, be with me. Your relationship with me is the biggest priority. It's the absolute number one that you need to get sorted out. Get that right. It's so important. But then I think about uh, Matthew 22, 39 to 30, uh, 37 to 39, if we can get that up. And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Relationships are a big deal to God. And so while his relationship, uh, our relationship with him is the number one priority in our lives, I believe that relationship with other people has got to come close to that. If he says all the law and the prophets hang on these two things, love the Lord your God with all your heart, but then also love your neighbor as yourself, I think that's something that we need to give time to. I think that's something that we need to prioritize. I know it's going to be hard, you know, having so much on. And I know a connect group actually only goes for one hour once a fortnight. I think that is a minimum uh, place that we can start to start getting this community uh, feel in our church. It's the way we're being intentional about it. I'll talk more about that later. But it is massive to God. And I think that is something that we can prioritize. And I think 
It's absolutely essential if we do. This can't be a few people uh, this month. This can't be something that a few people catch on with. It's, uh, you know, yeah, well, our leaders are, uh, are all in with that. And, and yeah, a few people are. This has got to be a whole church thing. This has to be a whole church uh, approach to this uh, thing. And I think we need to um, make it happen. And time is going to uh, be something that, uh, that it will cost us. Thirdly, uh, and finally, of the points, uh, the sacrifices that it will take, it will cost us a sacrifice of comfort. And, uh, you know, connection is not always comfortable. Uh, as I've said, you know, I used to hate it. You know, when, when, I, when God was taking me through uh, a love for people, which, again, I'll share about more, uh, it was, you know, it was really uh, totally out of my comfort zone just in the meeting and greeting time to go up to someone I don't know and say, hi, I'm Garth, you know, nice to meet you. That was completely out of my comfort zone, just not who I am uh, naturally to uh, be a people person and go out and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm an introvert. I just like staying, uh, you know, like I get energized by myself. Um, but it's going to take going out of our comfort zone. Maybe uh, you're a people person. That's all good. That's not too much of a comfort zone, just saying hi to someone. But um, you know what? I think as well, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but some people are, um, are, are really nice and they're easy to um, deal with and you can, uh, you know, it's all good, it's easy going. And then there's other people who are really nice and uh, aren't so easy to get along with and sometimes rub you the wrong way. And sometimes it's not easy being around people, especially in a community like this where you don't actually choose who's here or not. People come from different places. There's people here that I am in community with that if, I, if it wasn't for the church, there's no way I would have even ever crossed paths with them. Um, it's just not how it works, but we're here and people involve conflicts, offenses, arguments, stuff happens and it's not because anyone's rotten, it's not because this or that, it's just because that's what happens when people get together. And uh, I look in the Bible and I say, and I see heaps of uh, times where this actually was the case. Luke 9.46 says, um, an argument started among the disciples. Ah, the disciples arguing. There we go. Uh, Luke 22:24. a dispute also arose among them. There's another dispute with the disciples on a similar topic. Galatians 2:11. Uh, Paul writes, when Cephas came to Antioch, uh, I opposed him to his face. Okay, there's a, uh, you know, it's not always pleasant going with people when people are involved. It's, it, it's conflict. It's, it's not nice all the time. But that is not a reason for us to avoid community-based relationship. It's a reason for us to approach it with grace and love to see it work. Okay, and uh, you know, as it says in Matthew 7, 3 to 5, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrites, first take the plank. You hypocrites! No, I'm just joking. Uh, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Really? Hey, guess what? There might be someone in your connect group that you don't like. Sorry. Grace. Love. Deal with it. Get to know them. They're probably a better person than you think. Hey, maybe that someone said somewhat something to you that really made you angry and how dare they say that to me? Well, what does it matter? You know, you don't know what they're feeling in the first place for them to say something like that anyway. So let's just let things slide 
all the time and say, you know what, yeah, this isn't going to be comfortable. Yeah, this is going to hurt sometimes. There's going to be times where I want to strangle the person in my connect group. There's going to be times where I want to strangle my connect group leader, maybe. And you'll probably, if you haven't already experienced this feeling, you'll want to strangle me at times. Most of you have already encountered that. But um, if you haven't, it's coming, all right? So just expect it. Uh, I don't know when. It's like a you know, thief in the night. It'll just come at any time and you'll want to strangle me. And you go, that's what he was talking about. Okay, um, as I wrap up, the band can come up and we can... Uh, so, but I do... The two words, uh, uh, prophecies from God that I received at college, can sum up why I'm here talking to you today, why I'm having this conversation with you. One was the most simple, common phrase you have ever heard in your life. And Fergus McIntyre, if any of you know Fergus, um, it was this, he's... A known prophet, you know, and you're probably waiting for some fantastic word and something that's going to blow your mind. And he said to me, this is it for you. He goes, love God, love people. I've gone, oh, all right, that's all good. And it actually meant something to me. Now, every second Twitter is love God, love people. Every single Facebook post is love God, love people. I say, hey, that's my word. God gave me that one. But... Um, At the time, it really spoke to me. I'm like, yeah, this is what this thing's about. This is the guts of Christianity with what those scriptures are. Love God, love people. So he took me on a journey. Love people. Love God was much easier than love people. I remember sitting down with a mentor of mine saying, I can do the love God part, but this love people stuff sucks. People are really getting to me at the moment. Um, And so it's a journey. And the other word was from Eric Harrison, uh, senior pastor of C3 Corumban. And amongst other things, he said... Uh, I see you getting all sorts of different ideas and plans for a specific thing. And at the time, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fantastic, great. But I can tell you what that specific thing is. That specific thing is connect groups. It is connect groups here at C3 Tugrade. It's overtaken my mind for the past 18 months. Um, I, I head them up not because I... Um, sorry, I, I head them up because I believe in them. I don't believe in them because I have been given the task of overseeing them. I don't say, okay, well, because I've got to do this, I better get a heart for it now. It was the other way around. I said, Pastor Phil and Julie, we need to do this. We need to get these happening. Um, Why? Because it is the most effective, intentional, intentional way that we can do what I've been talking about, and that is love God, get them connected, make them feel valued, and see our church have a heart of community. It's our intentional way. It's not the only way. It is not the only way. I don't ever mean for it to be the only way that we connect. It's just one part, but I think it is central. That's why we call them connect groups. I think they're central to this theme that we're talking about. And it's my heart to see every single person connected in a connect group. And I know at the moment there's, you know, we've only, we've got 10 and there's probably not one on at a time that you can do it. But let us know when you can. And let us know if you're available to run one because all we need is people that are willing to say, hey, I'll run a connect group or I'll be a part of a connect group. Hey, I'd love to be in a part of a connect group. At the moment, I can't make any of those, but hey, I can do this time. So let me know when something comes up and I'll be involved. My heart is to see every single person connected into the church. You know, Yongi Cho's church in uh, North Korea, South South Korea, South Korea, South Korea, um, has, you know, just a measly around 830-odd thousand people in it. It's just a small church. So, you know, it's only the largest church in the history of uh, the earth. And they only have around 80,000 connect groups in their church. And, um, you know, that is the reason why um, someone was uh, writing that. They asked someone, how do you deal with uh, the whole... Uh, 
never say this word, anonymity, about being, being uh, you know, the only person. How, how do you come up with this? How do you deal with this problem of being in a church of 830,000 people um, and feeling like you don't know anyone, feeling like you're not connected, feeling like you're just an, one of the you know, many people going around? And the reply from this person was, I've never heard anyone complain about that never heard anyone complain about that what a testimony to a church of 830,000 people that know that they've never heard a complaint of I don't feel like I'm very white because they have about 80,000 connect groups I'd not want, I would not want that job I'm glad I'm overseeing 10 not 80,000 massive um, Christian Schwartz uh, who wrote this book called uh, NCD the Natural Church Development uh, Survey which is a survey that uh, assesses the health of a church uh, Interdenominational, not just Pentecostal, uh, so they're all over the place uses it. One of the eight keys is small groups, uh, the eight keys to a healthy church. And he writes, Christian small groups are not a nice yet dispensable hobby. No, it's the very essence of the Church of Jesus Christ to provide places where believers can find this kind of intimate community. This is not an add-on. I'm not having this conversation because I've got nothing else to do in my life and I just want something to do. I believe in this thing. And I'm hoping that as this month progresses and you hear the heart of the church, the heart of people, the heart of our Connect Group leaders, that you'll get the same thing, that this is a vital part of our life. Um, So why don't we stand up and let's pray for a moment before I hand back to Pastor Phil. You know, maybe you were like me or maybe you still are like I used to be. I pray for you. Um, But, you know, if God wants to work the same thing.